Ooh, I've been excited to have new tricks. You're absolutely welcome. And remember, when you sell all of these ones, come find us and we can hook you up with some more to sell. Mr. Partners? Oh, and if you get, say, I don't know, a few others to work for you, you can earn a few bonus annex for each bot working for you. That's right. Isn't that exciting? Raspinator's head hurts. Wait, isn't isn't that a pyramid? Hey, 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 shh, shh, quiet. All right, see you later, Waspinator. Hello, and welcome to the podcast, where we are currently recapping the events of Transformers IDW 2005 Continuity Phase 2. I'm Onyx Prime with my two co-hosts here. Hi, I'm Computron. Hi, I'm Kilobyte. Moving on with our comic discussion for today's episode takes us to IDW More Than CI Volume 4. And as always, spoiler warning, a lot of spoilers in this one actually, humans. So if you haven't read it already, we highly recommend you go back, read it, then come listen to the podcast. Now, onwards. Both Computron and myself have read the series already, and we're excited to hear Kilobyte's first-time thoughts. But before we dive into that, Computron, do you mind telling us some facts about the comic? Yeah, there are a total of five comics in this uh, volume. Um, the issue 12 was released December 19th, 2012, and the last issue of the volume was released April, April 24th, 2013. The writer was, of course, our favorite, James Roberts. Uh, pencils for the flashback by Alex Milne and the after scenes by Brandon Calhill, or Brendan Calhill, and Augustine Padilla. Uh, with inks by Antio Rojo and Alex Milne for uh, the before scenes and Brian Scherer for the after scenes and Mark Deering, Phyllis Novin, and Jose Alves. Uh, colors by Josh Burkham, Josh Perez, and Joanna Lafuente. Okay, so trivia. In issue 12... There's a little bit of a foreshadowing of what will happen. The bomb tailgate is examining on cover A has the words keep out of reach of small bots scrawled on the side of it. Uh, in issue 14, unitrium, I believe that's how you pronounce it, was a real thing. Or is it unitrium? Either way, uh, prior to being given the proper chemical name, nihonium, in addition to its uh, name literally meaning 113-yum, you know, what's the atomic number, what the, you know, the atomic number is. <laughs> oh, Roberts. Yeah. Um, uh, real unitrium is still uh, likely to make you super tough and more likely to give you radiation poisoning. So uh, we do not, we do not condone this at home. Anyway. Yeah, highly not recommended. <laughs> Yeah, highly. <laughs> uh, in issue 15, two very small uh, preceptor-like scientific instruments were among those on Brainstorm's desk last issue. Uh, between then and now, he has clearly abandoned all pretense, as a huge preceptor-like microscope is sitting on view in his lab. In issue 16, the death clock may or may not be a reference to Professor Fansworth's invention of the same name and purpose in the uh, Futurama episode, A Big Piece of Garbage. <laughs> uh, the name Chromedome gives a constellation the Visvatilis, I believe that's how you pronounce it, is the name of a classical alchemical principle of uh, life force. 
possessed by living creatures. It was later revealed that famed Autobot Thunderclash has a ship named Viz Vitalis. I'm sorry, that's probably pronounced it, Viz Vitalis. Okay, uh, that's with the uh, trivia and effects. Mr. Kilobyte, do you mind giving us a short summary? Will do. Uh, since there's multiple stories in this volume, I'll be doing one for each story. So first off, we start in the wake of a battle with the Decepticons on the planet Temptoria. Rewant lies at death's door, and Chromedom is pushed to the edge. Kind of sad. Yeah. <laughs> Next up, we have uh, secrets are revealed and memories are reawakened when the Lost Light crew gonna shore leave on the planet Hedonia. That's a fun fun time. Chrome Dome signs the death warrant of all aboard the Lost Light as he enters Overlord's memories. Dun, oh, dun, dun. no. <laughs> uh, Chrome Dome must face the consequences of his actions as Overlord runs wild on the Lost Light. That is not going to end up good for anybody. Gonna be a lordy lordy good time. <laughs> oh yeah. And finally, Rodimus and Chromedom wrestle with their emotions in the wake of Overlord's rampage as Ultra Magnus hovers at death's door and Drift makes a fateful decision. And as always, this information has been taken from the wiki. Shall we get started? We should. We shall. So we start off with a countdown at the top of each page that will take us to ground zero. Uh, but first, we'll start at the T-99 minutes. Rodimus is debriefing the crew on taking down a Decepticon stronghold. I guess they didn't get the memo that the war was Briefing. over. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> any thoughts on this? This is, uh, it's pretty funny. Who was it that correct them the difference between debriefing and briefing? Is that Skids? I yeah, believe it, I it was Skids. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's usually like debriefing is afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's, that was the worst speech so far. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah, but let's admit it. World kind of gave the best speech, right? <laughs> what do we kill? Decepticons. <laughs> or cons, I think is right. We kill cons. Yeah, we kill cons. Yeah. And then, like, right before they do the jump, he goes into the back of the ship, grabs Rewind <laughs> because he wants a biopic. He's <laughs> 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 like, Surrender <laughs> Spree. Yes, the, it's all hilarious. good stuff. But at the T-82 mark... Um, we get to meet Blip. You know, the, the guy who Ultra Magnus arrested that used to call himself a spark eater. That I thought hilarious. that was pretty funny. And yes. apparently, he's talking to a guy that sounds like Megatron. As they watch <laughs> the sky rain Autobots. What could possibly go wrong for them? <laughs> that interaction is so good. It's, you notice that like when you saw the picture of Blip, um, you notice that he was technically kind of like covered in Energon? Yeah, yeah. I wonder if he's just really nervous. <laughs> so th in this comic, it does a lot of flip back and forth before the accident and after the accident. So it's not until the ending we know what happens at the T minus zero mark. So we're gonna jump a little bit to 15 minutes afterwards, following along with the comics. Um, we get a scene, and we get to see who who's not doing so well after the events. Uh, one of which is Rewind uh, looks to be dying and Swerve. Oh, buddy. Swerve. He's seen What happened days. to his face, man? <laughs> uh, he forgot to put on his makeup. Yeah, that's for sure. <laughs> Didn't know robots were makeup. So 
between T minus 70 and 50, there's a lot of battle scenes going on with the crew fighting the Decepticon stronghold. Are there any favorites that you guys enjoy or anything you want to point out here? I liked seeing uh, Hunger, uh, that he was like the leader of the area and he was fighting uh, Ultra Magnus. I'm like, ooh, Hunger's here. Yay. Because <laughs> I was a little bit excited there. Hungar. Yeah, Hungar. <laughs> yeah. That was, I love that was like in the, in the back, you just see me whine and swerve and uh, <laughs> just sitting there. And I think wasn't swerve like doing like a monologue of what's, what was happening. It was like, <laughs> he didn't want to fight, but he was going to be like a commentator of the whole thing. <laughs> yeah. 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 I think he was telling like, oh, I told you that Ultra Magnus was very cool. And when he fought and everything, Togay's like, yeah, he really is. <laughs> I, I enjoy how... Uh, Drift and Rodimus had a deal that Drift was supposed to get the ones with swords. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That was, that was It was a good time. So we get a glimpse at the T-40, and we find out that Cyclonus ends up being injured. Can somebody help him? Yes, somebody help him, please. How did he get injured? And Tailgate's doing some heavy lifting. He's doing some heavy lifting. I guess we'll find out. At the minus zero mark, it's uh, that's a uh, that's a rough, heavy lifting there. <laughs> <laughs> so, are there any more highlights between the fight scenes you want to talk about, or should we uh, talk about some other key points? Uh, there's one more that I really liked. Uh, I don't know who Chrome Dome is writing, but it's like a like a T-Rex dinosaur dragon thing, and I thought that was pretty <laughs> funny because he's just like writing it. It's like woohoo. <laughs> he was having a good time again these comics flip back and forth and i want to talk about a key stone plot point here um at the plus 66 mark where tailgate asks about innermost energon kilobyte what is innermost energon he's talking to chrome dome about this well innermost energon it's the fuel around your spark casing and even though you may upgrade yourself or change uh, that always stays the same uh, and then there's a tradition, it's very symbolic, that you you if you give another bot some of your innermost energon, it's, uh, it's to show them that you care for them very, very much. Yeah, and why can't Chrome Dome give Rewind innermost energon? Ah, uh, well, he says he was born dry, oh. yeah, which is pretty sad. You say he was born dry or he was just dry? He, was, no, he, he said, said he, he was born, born dry. dry. Really? Yeah, I probably yeah. skipped over that a little bit. I read too fast sometimes. Which is, which is pretty sad. I think we yeah. should all get someone. And uh, he tells Tailgate a quick story on how he met Rewind. Computron, do you mind explaining how Rewind met uh, Chrome Dome? Uh, it's going to throw <laughs> me the sad story bone. Okay, I got you. You're welcome. <laughs> uh, so um, Rewind had another person that was... Um, uh, I say his contract's in Dura, and this was uh, Dominus Ambus. Yep. And, yes. um, well, Dominus Ambus and, you know, was using, you know, had a very good use for Rewind as, you know, Rewind could, you know, help record what he was doing because he was trying to find a search for uh, 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 Necroslips or what was it? Um it was like a, a decay of the Autobots so they could live longer. And, uh, well, uh, next thing you know, Dominus Ambus kind of just goes missing. And, well, 
while all this is happening, uh, Chrome Dome was at what was called a uh, relinquishment clinic. So what that is, is a uh, clinic for bots. So we learn in this, before I jump into that, we learn uh, in this comic, specific comic series, it was really, really, really hard to commit Supoku uh, uh, for for in for Autobots or any bots whatsoever because you could literally cut off your head or cut off their heads and they'll magically figure out a way to uh, keep you alive. So they go to the a lot of the people that are truly willing to commit um, go to these relinquishment clinics uh, to be completely turned offline and. Um, well, Chromedom was one of those people that were there, and he kind of was, you know, sitting there, and he found uh, Rewind in there. Rewind wasn't there to be relinquished. He was there to uh, look for uh, his dead uh, Conjurex Sindora's corpse, which turns out wasn't there. Well, in a fit of empathy, um, Chromedom really reached out and wanted to... Uh, uh, help rewind and that's kind of how their uh, relationship started yeah excellent thank you it's a very sad story very sad story and it's only gonna yeah. get sadder because afterwards in the now or i guess in the, after he tells tailgate the story he gets some bad news about rewind uh he's not dead but he's not doing great but while isolating himself in his room someone offers a solution, a permanent solution, to get rid of all of Decepticons to Chrome Doom. Thoughts on who might this be? Anyone at this point in time, the first time reading this, who was talking to him while he was in his room? I thought it was Brainstorm. You thought it was Brainstorm? Yeah, because Brainstorm is the one with the, he can make guns and stuff, so I'm assuming he could have a gun that could target specific bots with the Decepticon branding and just turn them on all offline. Interesting, because it never it never says in this issue who it was. Computron, yeah. your first time reading, who did you think it was? Um, I I'm not that suspicious. Oh <laughs> uh, gosh, this shoots my memory. Um, I think, and this is, I thought it was Whirl, right? Yeah, I could see that. Yeah, I, yeah, Whirl is chaotic. He could have been. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of Whirl. Uh, he ends up actually saving the day, being a perfect match and donor for Rewind, and Tailgate gets then rejected by Cyclonus when he tries to offer his innermost Energon. What are your thoughts on these two, not quite parallels, but storylines going through here? Um, so, I kind of want to jump onto the Tailgate Cyclonus piece, and it mm -hmm. kind of feels like, you know, Tailgate is really trying to put some moves in for a relationship with Cyclonus and he's getting shut down, you know, which you kind of feel sad for, but, um, I, I feel like to me at, when I was reading the, now that I'm reading this the second time, I'm like, uh, tailgates got to take things a little slower. You don't kind of just <laughs> offer the most precious thing in your life to somebody else that literally is saying no. Right. I, I found it, uh, weird that he would offer it to Cyclonus, especially based on what has happened before, mm -hmm. where Cyclonus told him one side of the story, he got mad, Cyclonus smacked him and everything, so I'm like, I know they're sharing a HAB unit, but I don't think Telgate would have developed those emotions for Cyclonus since they haven't really spent so much time together. 
Yeah, all fair points. To me, it feels like uh, Cyclonus is Tailgate's only connection to the past. Because every other bot is new. But he at least somewhat was going to be, quote-unquote, uh, Cyclonus's um, crewmate that we know of, right? That we know of so far. So it feels like that's his only connection. with Because everyone else he doesn't know. Does that make yeah. sense? Yeah. 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 So, moving along, chugga chugga, we get to the event, and we find out what really happened. Who wants to tell us about this one? Uh, we come up to a room where Cyclonus and Whirl are, you know, defeating Decepticons, uh, working together. And I'm, at this point, I'm like, ooh, they, they might just settle their differences. It might not happen again. Uh, but Telgate and Rewind are working on... Uh, disassembling a bomb so if it explodes it doesn't take the captures that the like the, the Decepticon captured some fleshlings to create energon and so they're trying to disable the bomb so it doesn't affect them but tailgate is taking too long and the bomb is going to go off so Cyclonus throws tailgate out of the room and Whirl closes the door behind Cyclonus, or behind himself, and keeping Cyclonus and rewind inside where the bomb goes off. Uh, and the bomb goes off, and Cyclonus blocks the explosion for rewind, but it still manages to create a lot of damage. Yeah. Now, there's some context we should probably add to this, and I forgot, was is, uh, during the whole fight scene, um, Cyclonus and... Uh, Whirl, we're having, you know, we're talking about how perfect they were at combat together. And um, Tekonos, I don't know if you guys remember, kind of pointed out to Rewind, or not Rewind, uh, Whirl, that, hey, just because we're great combat buddies doesn't mean that you're off the hook and I'm still going to kill you later. This just prolongs it. Yeah. Yeah. So that brings up another question. So Whirl is the cause of the incident and the savior <laughs> savior for rewind interesting i i, I wonder i wonder what chrome dome is going to do uh once he learns about it because he's happy now because world saved rewind but once he figures out that world caused the rewind problem at the beginning then i don't know how things are going to go from there yeah i guess we'll have to be reading to find out like in the scene, and just because this is like to me, this is good stuff about the whole relationship between uh, Whirl and Cyclonus. In that scene, they were banging on the door, and he wasn't even bother trying to open the door. He was kind of like lying through his face mask or his eyeball, saying, uh, "Oh, I'm trying. The door is stuck. I can't seem to figure it out." Mm, he's done this before. Yeah. <laughs> hmm. Hmm. All right, moving on, I want to talk about the next issue, which is the Swerve's arc. Apparently getting blown in the face didn't kill him, which is great. But we get to see that he's sending a message to Blur, and speaking of messages, let's take a quick ad break and hear a word from our sponsor. Blur, 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 can Waspinator read some ads? Gah, where did you come from? I thought you were gone. Cut to break, cut to break. One, two, three, three, three shot! shot. Oh, that's, that's strong. Nah, that's nothing. You should have seen me back in the day. I could have drank out the whole bar. Hey, Heximus. I haven't seen you at the bar for a while. 
Hey guys, well, what are you guys doing? Oh, Onyx was just saying he could outdrink a whole bar. You want to try a shot of Energon? Sure. Oh, ugh, why did I even try that? I'm not a robot. The battery has a taste in my mouth. Ugh. Uh, oh, hey, you guys should try this. What's that? It's nightmare fuel. Strongest stuff in the afterlife and existence. I'll see about that. Pour me a glass. God, that's what I thought. Oh, my prime, you killed him! <laughs> Lightweight. Calm down, Kilo. He's just unconscious and got knocked off his high turbo horse. Purchasing nightmare fuel, you agree to the following and will not sue if you have compulsive mad ravings, hallucinations, screaming. If you see someone else in your reflection or in your dreams, please avoid sleeping. Do not consume more than 13 ounces over the course of six days. And welcome back. Hopefully the Lord Aaron I sent Waspainer on during the break will give us some time to finish this episode. So... This next issue revolves around a lot of swerve. Do you want to talk about some feelings that might be either going through your brain module or what you think swerve is going through here at this point? Um, I think because uh, swerve is telling a story, right? He's telling that he's having fun time, the, the his top ten quest of all times and everything he's done on the ship to tell Blur uh, that, hey, I'm having fun, but I can't wait to go back home and kind of tell you in person all about it and set up that bar, because he now has a bar as well. Mm -hmm. So, uh, Which I thought it was nice and kind of spark-warming, but yeah. you know, Swerve likes to talk a lot, so I guess he, he overtook the, <laughs> the time frame they gave him. Yeah. Did he ever uh, figure out how Swerve got fixed up? No, I don't think so. <laughs> and uh, do we ever reveal what exactly happened to Swerve? I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> He's just magically better. Yeah, turns out he was missing a face and he just magically gets better. But uh, uh, during that battle, Whirl throws him the Schumer. Oh, and, uh, yeah. <laughs> and we have to ask the question, what does the Schumer do? <laughs> Shooms. <It's shooms. laughs> that kilobyte is why you don't have a blaster yet. Oh, okay, I see. So back to this uh part. We hear yelling. Lots of yelling. Computron, what what's going on here? Uh there's some there's some scary voices coming from uh Tailgates and Cyclonus's hab suit, man. I don't it's wanna know. Super spooky. It's super super spooky. No, it wasn't spooky. Uh, the, there was an investigation by Drift and uh, who else was, was Drift that was on like the security force? Uh, Swerve was there and then some non-named Decepticon, I think. I don't I don't know. No, there are not a lot. Never mind. Oh. Either way, they're investigating and uh, the spooky, spooky voices just happened to be uh, uh, Cyclonus trying to teach Tailgate how to sing old Cybertronian. <laughs> good stuff that's pretty funny <laughs> I I really enjoy uh, Magnus's list of broken rules and protocols i.e. there being signs with misplaced apostrophes uh, Sprockets keeps touching his well we won't get into that uh, <laughs> just as Rodimus cuts him off so anyway Rodimus orders him to relax I don't even think he knows what that means. And Swerve be responsible for the one to help him. 
he definitely needs a vacation because like on the shuttle to uh, a drop-off point where they can go to a, an actual bar. Sorry, Swerve. Uh, he notices a single rivet on the shuttle that's off by 30 degrees. Like, oh my Primus. What is your thoughts on this? That's very funny because uh, I think he, w- he was having a nice time with with Swerve and they were talking and like asking questions and he and then in the middle of it he goes like, oh, the, the rivet, it's out of line. Ah, I gotta do this. And Swerve is <laughs> like, no, 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 no. Just calm down. Just relax. Resist it. And he's like, yeah, I gotta do it. I kind of like this scene um, where uh or Ultra Magnus was talking to Rodimus and um, like he literally said Re- relax that's not a word if it was I would have known it <laughs> <laughs> so many good things and he even like miss says it because like when uh, Kilobyte was mentioned he's like I have to write this down no no I have to learn to reflex he's like oh whatever the word is <laughs> which takes us to the bar scene and guess what Hollow Matters are back again, uh, new and improved by Brainstorm. What are your thoughts on these Hollow Matters? Like, some are pretty funny. They're supposed to be more on your psyche, and some of these are hilarious. I think they're perfect for everybody. <laughs> I love Ultra Magnuses, and I love Worlds. Yeah, I like Telgates. <laughs> yeah, the baby. <laughs> Which is hilarious. Like He's like the oldest one there. It was interesting that Magnus went with... Uh, is it validity? Verity? Verity? Yeah. I was like, oh, okay, cool. Yeah. This is a personal hologram. Yeah. So we discover that World wants to give Magnus a drink. And Computron, this might be one of your favorite scenes. What did World <laughs> give him? And how does he react? Well, at first, uh, they gave him what's called... Uh, what was it called? What was the name of the drink? Uh, he, he says it's a carbonated NJX, but it's definitely not. No, no, yeah. And anyway, uh, he has a drink, and he's like, oh, I don't feel anything. And it turns out he forgot to uh, turn off his filter to filter out, you know. Yeah, his intake alcohol. moderator. His intake moderator. And, uh, you know, Swerve manages to convince him to turn it off. Otherwise, what's the point, right? Well, Ultra Madness takes a sip. And he goes, huh, I don't feel anything. And in the slightest brief second, wow, face on the table. <laughs> they killed him. <laughs> they killed him. World gave him weapons great nucleons. Like, uh, I don't think you should be <laughs> drinking that. I enjoy how it's like, World's like, is it? Well, I never. <laughs> <laughs> why, World? Why? Such good stuff. And um, so while he's passed out, he's not actually dead. Uh, the crew tells everyone their nemeses. Any favorite nemeses here? Uh, I like the skits uh, nemesis is Misfire. I'm like, really? Mm-hmm. Doesn't he miss everything? <laughs> so how, how did he create? <laughs> I want to know the backstory on that. I want to know how. <laughs> yeah. Because you really have the two polar opposites. You have Skids, the theoretician, who's literally skillful at everything. And then you have Misfire, who kind of sucks at everything. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's probably my number one favorite. Um, other than that, it wasn't it Whirl that had what was his uh, Killmaster? Killmaster, yeah, the guy with the wand. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, good stuff. Uh, so just before everyone has a chance to tell their nemeses, Magnus wakes up and they all leave Swerve behind to deal with it. 
And Magnus just kind of has like a midlife crisis. <laughs> <laughs> just like any typical drunk adult. Oh, Hi, Dad. Well, no. so meanwhile the crew gets another table and continues their story Rune recalls the story of Nova Prime's crew roster but before he lists everybody someone being Cyclonus throws a model ship at him Kilo thoughts on why this would happen at this point I thought that he was trying to cover his tracks because he was part of of their of, of the group uh, in the flashback, so I thought he was just trying to cover his tracks and keep everybody from knowing. Cyclonus covering his tracks? Yeah, Cyclonus, yes. Yeah, fair enough. So, we'll actually get to the truth here very shortly, because eventually everyone makes their way back to the ship, which is its own hysterical route, because they have to get a drunk Ultra Magnus back to the ship, who is passed out. passes out again, because he takes another sip and he's, he's gone again. <laughs> But while that is happening, while they're trying to jump on him and bring him back, Cyclonus and Tailgate, being the last, are still at the bar, and we find out the truth about Tailgate. Computron, do you mind telling us the truth? Yeah, uh, so we figure out that Tailgate, uh, you know, he kind of enforged bomb disposal on his arm, and it turns out Tailgate actually wasn't a bomb disposal person. He was a waste disposal person. <laughs> and yeah. during the time that he was disabling the bomb back on the fight earlier, uh, he was actually using Rewind's uh, database of recollection to help him defuse the bomb. Exactly. This is, does that mean all his achievements and, and, and everything on his list that he showed Ultra Magnus is fake as well? Autopedia? Yeah, anyone the can. Autopedia? Oh. Can't trust Autopedia, Kilobyte. Anyone can edit it. Is it like the Earth Wikipedia? Yes. Yes. Oh, like <laughs> I see. I see. So we get a little sad ending for Swerve, thinking Blur his his best friend, who we find out he was just a fan bot and <laughs> given the wrong number. And is obviously the wrong number because it doesn't have enough numbers. But that's definitely it. It's a very sad conclusion for Swerve. He does get a new badge, which I'm assuming is his bar license. Uh, I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm not sure about that. <laughs> that's that, that's how it kind of like uh, I understood because Magnus tells him like he's missing a badge and at the end he brings it over. So I'm like, oh, he finally got his bar license and he can. Uh, let's let's just say his bar license was renewed <laughs> because in the beginning, when um, before they left to the to go, you know, on shore leave, Rodimus was trying to convince Swerve to get Ultra Madness. Off the Lost Light and somewhere else. And Swerve's like, um, but I kind of don't want to. And Rodimus was like, well, if you want your bar license renewed, you're going to have to do it. He goes, but I don't even have a... Oh. Lots <laughs> yeah. of little setups here. Any last thoughts before we move on to the next issue? Nope. nope. Perfect. Because this is where Scrap hits the fan. <laughs> uh, so in the next issue, we start off 4.2 million years ago, when we learn what a one percenter is, a spark that has the capability of being something stronger and having possibility of a superpower of some sort. What are your thoughts and also thoughts on the functionalists such as 3 of 12 during this flashback? I I like the coloring for the spark. I think it's yeah. interesting. Uh, I want to know... Yeah, it's bright green and I want to know... Um, I want to know more about the sparks. I didn't know sparks 
came from the ground. Yeah. So I, uh, <laughs> I was a little bit surprised. The whole scenario to me was kind of interesting because 3 of 12 comes in and he rewards the guy who didn't really find the uh, 0.1 percenter. Yeah, he, he, he rewards like the boss that's in charge of these two people who found yeah, it. Saying that he was free of the functionalist, his functionalist uh, duties, essentially, like he could walk around wherever he wants now. And the two people that actually did find it, and he's like, well, you guys got about six hours left to live. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. they, they asked, like, were you exposed to its first flicker? And they're like, yeah. And it's like, then I give you six hours to live because that's all you have. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, what? But yeah. I, like, I like three of 12. Uh, the design looks pretty cool. Uh, yeah. Uh, I want a figure. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty cool. That, that would be a fun little figure. And can't wait to see more about the functionalist later on. So fast forwarding to the present with the crew. And I guess Chrome Dome found Overlord in the basement and is digging through his memory for something, Kilo. Can you give us a quick rundown on what happens and what it is exactly he is looking for. Uh, so Chrome Dome uh, enters the cell and starts digging into Overlord's uh, memory cortex. And he's trying to find uh, how he was transformed into a face sixer, how face sixers were made, because the Autobots don't have a face sixer. And so uh, Prowl had asked him to, you know, find that out. And we see the process of Megatron creating Overlord and adding all these enhancements to create the Phase Sixer, but uh, little surprise for Chrome Dome, uh, Overlord knows uh, Nemo surgery, how the Nemo surgery works a little bit, and he manages to get control of the situation. And now Chrome Dome is the one being interviewed and investigated to get what Overlord wants. Yeah. Oh, the turntables. Yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't yeah. expecting that. I'm like, oh, he's powerful physically and everything, and now he knows how to control minds as well. This is too much. <laughs> and yet he's still fascinated by one thing. Yeah. I like some of the designs in the flashback, specifically Soundwave in one of them. That was it, like I like his face, and he's got treads on the back, which makes me think this one turns into a tank. Interesting. I would like to see that. But um, yeah. While that is going on, Brainstorm is currently working on new holographic decoy, which happens to be a 500-foot naked... We, we can't show it here, but a 500-foot naked <laughs> version of a... I think it's a human? It looks like a human. We only yeah. see the, the feet. Right? Yeah, good stuff. But uh, Computron, would you mind explaining how the monster in the basement escapes? Uh, Well, it turns out... Uh, Chrome Dome, there was only, at the start, I think at least five bots that knew that uh, Overlord was in the basement. And, well, two of them were the duo bots because they were the ones carrying him there. And, well, we don't have duo bots anymore. So now we have three. We have Brainstorm, Chrome Dome, and oh, who was the last Drift. one? Drift. Drift. Yes. Drift. And during this entire uh, memory, because now it was Overlord's turn to kind of look through uh, Chromedom's memory, he goes through and he sees the whole uh, negotiation or the whole situation and about who knew. And he manages to find how and goes through Chromedom's memory to figure out the code to get out of the, uh, the, the temporal field. Because there was a unique thing with that temporal field where it's like what, like five minutes in there is like five hours outside of the temporal field 
Five seconds equals 30 minutes. 30 minutes. Yeah. Yes. That's a long time. <laughs> yeah. So he escapes and causes a lot of damages upstairs. And what are your favorite scenes from this? I'm going to start first. And oh, buddy, my poor, poor pipes. Can't catch a break in any of these like volumes. He's always getting injured. And like it's really sad in this one because he's like trying to tell people that he wants to get a message out and he wants to tell his best buddy that he's making friends and having a good time. And people are kind of like brushing him off while he's doing this, but he's keeping an optimistic attitude. And Overlord comes in here and steps on him, causing his spark to begin shrinking. And his brain module is just kind of stuck on repeat on the, like the last five seconds on how he like, yeah, made lots of new friends, got a bit sick, a bit shot, had a pretty wonderful time. And then he just he hits the alarms to help everyone else out, but he dies like dead, dead. I'm sad. Who yeah, was it that he was sending that message to again? Uh, good, excellent question. Uh, Hubcap. Hubcap. That's right. That's right. Yeah, that was very sad. Very. Yeah. And like the the panel, like you just see it getting worse and worse each panel. Yeah. It's like, oh no. It's very sad. (laughs) It's going to make me cry. So you guys tell me what your favorite parts about this overlord on board. Essentially causing a lot of deaths. I like uh, the part where they show three different scenes of uh, different bots doing different things in the ship. And so you see Rodimus and Perceptor, they were talking about the map, and suddenly the alarm goes off. And then you see Rung going to visit Fort Max, and kind of, t- like, Fort Max is telling him that, that he's sorry for what he did, and everything like that. And then the alarm goes off, and I'm like, oh, okay, this is going to be interesting, because Fort Max's nemesis is here. <laughs> and then yeah. and then we see Telgate and Skids, and I think it's Hoist. Yeah. Uh, and they were talking about uh, different... Uh, like movies and stuff like that and mm-hmm. then the alarm goes off and i'm like oh okay so different scenes i wonder how this is gonna end <laughs> i want to point out another one before computron gets there i enjoy the abstract weapon from brainstorm <sighs> being given to swerve you want to explain that <sighs> yeah <laughs> uh so it's called a it's an abstract weapon and essentially what it does is it creates a fourth wall uh, AKA it, and, you know, kind of invites us readers to be part of the little journey. So what happens is, is that the, whoever gets shot by the gun rediscovers that they are just a character in a comic and they give up the will and die. Supposedly. Supposedly. <laughs> and, uh, it was brainstorms. Like you didn't shoot that. Did you? And he's like, uh, no. And then the guy's like, did you really shoot it? He's like, yeah, I shot it, but it was off panel. He's like, what does that even mean? It's <laughs> <That's> very funny. <laughs> really good uh, stuff. Yeah, uh, for my favorite scene, it was the Ultra Magnus gut punch. Ooh, Ooh yeah, that's... that was that was traumatizing for somebody involved. Yeah, and uh, the reason why was because you're like, oh, Ultra Magnus is the only one big enough to stop him. Clink. Okay then. Yep, that's it. That's it. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> Like, and like that entire scene is scary because Ultra Magnus and Overlord are like bantering back and forth, and it's like Overlord's laughing because he's like, "You're not holding anything back, but I have." It's a, that was that was a hundred percent of Magnus' power, and then five percent of Overlord's. Yeah. <laughs> What's that anime? Uh, One Punch. 
one point one one yeah <laughs> he, that's essentially what overlord did he's like okay my turn <laughs> <laughs> oh boy uh does anyone want to explain how they were able to not kill overlord but kind of stop him and what the build-up was to that i already did a sad story it's kilo's turn <laughs> Okay. <laughs> okay. So, well, I'm, not, uh, I'm not talking about the sad part. I'm talking about yeah. how they like uh, paralyzed him. Uh, so, oh, oh, okay. You want to talk about that one? <laughs> no, you go ahead, Kilo. <laughs> okay. So, uh, Rong decides to free Fort Max from being in the brig, and Fort Max starts fighting Overlord, getting his revenge for for what Overlord did to him. And so, uh, eventually, Chrome Dome comes with the idea that they can push. Overlord into the, the his cell where he was inside, and then uh, blast it off into space and detach it from the ship. But how were they able to get Overlord uh, paralyzed? Oh, uh, while Chromedom was in his brain module, uh, he put a keyword that uh, if it's said, it'll paralyze him for a little bit. And of course, it's the word that Rodimus loves the most, till all are one. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, Rodimus says it all the time, so once he hears that, Overlord uh, freezes up, and we get the chance to push him into the escape, or into the pod jail cell yeah. thing. <laughs> Copy, John, you want to tell the sad story? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, 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 yeah, well, they didn't just push him into the pod, they had a problem closing a door, and, well... <laughs> Chrome Dome was trying to close the door and uh, Rewind was there. And uh, turns out there was a sword lodged in on the other side of the door. And Rewind goes through to the pod inside with uh, Overlord. Overlord, pulls out the sword and the door closes and ejects. But while the door was closing, Chrome Dome was trying to reach through to grab Rewind and loses his arm. And the pot ejects, and before anybody could think of anything, Chrome Dome runs up to the top of the ship and blows up the pod for good measures. Yeah, to make sure uh, Overlord doesn't torture him. Oh, buddy. Yeah. Yeah. But again, I'm going to have to kind of be the bearer of bad news remember that pod has a temporal field where five seconds in there is like a few minutes outside right yeah 30 minutes yeah yeah so oh, definitely had time oh, yeah, yeah the last image that we see chrome dome on the floor with the energon pouring out or anything that's the saddest thing i've seen it truly is oh yeah so I'm going to push this along because we're all sad now. <laughs> so in our last issue in this volume... You made me do that twice. You're welcome. montage <laughs> of Ultra Magnus, Ultra Magni dying, and any of them stick out to either of you? Because this isn't the first time that we saw Ultra Magnus die. I noticed one, like the first one, it's like, like a G1 reference. Mm-hmm. So he has the, the little like G1 aesthetics. And we get to see the, the K-Class once again, which is kind of like, um, what was his name? <laughs> uh, yeah, from, from the Scavengers, Fulcrum. Fulcrum from the Scavengers, yes. So we get to see the those Transformers again. Uh, kind of like the one where uh, Magnus, I think it was like an egotistical Magnus. And like, he, I'm going to pull up the comic here. Is it the one with the grenades on his side? Chest, yeah, yeah. 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 I enjoy what the one with the KKS is like, and pray that none of them are aiming for anyone in particular. And the one that transforms into a bomb has Ultra Magnus written on the side. 
Okay, yeah, so the one with the grenade belt, uh, he, they were trying to sneak around a Cybernaut, and he just happened to say, hey, watch out, the Cybernauts can be, you know, stealthy, even though they're really big. And, well, while he's saying that, the Cybernaut blows him up. And it's just <laughs> like, you couldn't take your own advice, man? Yeah, big oof. Uh, but then, <laughs> finally, we are brought to the present day with the crew, where Ratchet is using a death clock to see how much longer Ultra Magnus has to live. That sounds like a useful tool. What are your thoughts? Useful, but nobody wants to know how long they have to live. Yes, fair fair points. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Just a scary <laughs> thought. So we also find out Chrome Dome wasn't born dry. Kilo, care to explain what Chrome Dome planned on doing after the funeral for those that died during Overlord's um, rampage? Yeah, so uh, Chrome Dome uh, was going to you know, inject his needles and kind of make himself forget a rewind so he doesn't have to go through that pain. Uh, but this is not the first time he's done it. He's done it multiple other times. And each time he's had the same conversation with Brainstorm about uh, that it's important to uh, remember those and, you know, kind of keep them in your, in your memories. Yeah. The ending of this issue... Uh, we discover Drift is to blame for Overlord and is exiled by Rodimus. Ultra Magnus's body goes missing, and I'm sorry, Compatron. What happens to Tailgate? What does he find out? <laughs> so what happened was his Tailgate. It wasn't necessarily a death clock. It was just like the name nickname for it, the light beam that Ratchet was using. Like he was trying to be all technical. Anyway, uh, Tailgate, you know, was just curious and stuck his little hand through the little wavy light and realized he has three days, 10 hours and some odd time until he dies. What a cliffhanger. And that's how it ends. I'm any other uh, thoughts or anything you want to bring up that we didn't cover before we wrap this up? Uh, I thought it was uh, very uh, disrespectful to drift. What the Autobots did. Cause once they learned, they started, throwing stuff at him and kind of like beating him up and i'm like okay he took the blame but there's more to blame here so you know, take it easy it's not like he got cut in half by ultra magnus or anything trying to protect ratchet i don't know if you guys remember that scene yeah mm, yes he got his legs cut off huh yeah so he tried his best and i know he didn't tell anybody but you know we know they don't but we know there's other bots involved so yeah I kind of want to end it on a cliffhanger on this one. Yeah. That's fair. Is Overlord dead? Is he dead? We'll find out. Uh, Rockstar rating. <laughs> Kilobyte, you want to go first? I'll, I'll give this one a four. Okay. Well, it gets a four. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Um, I'm assuming it's my turn. Sure. Um, I'm going to give this a four and a half. Yeah. I'm going to give it a five. Yeah. Uh, five. This one's pretty good. I like it. Uh, a lot of stuff happens. There's a lot of things crammed in here. There's a lot of setup for things that will happen later, and a lot of things that paid off that was set up before. It's 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 a good one, I think. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I just wanted to see a little bit more Overlord Carnage. We'll get that. You've seen it in in the records, and you've seen it now. Isn't that enough? Yeah. <laughs> we need more. I'm not. I'm uh, not done. I need more. <laughs> 
But listeners, what did you think of these comics? How many Rod Stars would you give it? And what were your favorite scenes in this volume? Let us know by leaving a comment below. All right, so there, we have no emails for today's episode, but are the rest of you ready for Transformers, Robots in the Skies, Volume 4? Uh, yes, yes, I'm ready. Chris, that's so, the one that ended on the uh, Megatron cliffhanger, right? Yep. Hey, spoiler, oh, yeah. we got we we it. Yeah, spoilers for those who didn't read Volume 3. Hello, and this is Kilobyte from the future here to announce the winner of the giveaway. But first, uh, we wanted to say thank you to all who participated. Uh, you all deserve a rot star. And thank you for your support. It's very appreciated. We really want to thank you all. We can't say it enough. Uh, but thank you. Thank you again so much. And now comes a time for the winner. Drum roll, please. The winner is Riss Kirkness. Uh, Riss, if you're uh, seeing this or listening to this, please send us a message on Twitter so we can uh, get your information and we can send you your prize. Again, uh, thank you all that participated. And uh, we have a question for you. We're planning on doing another giveaway. And we wanted to know what ideas you had as a giveaway. So please leave those down in the comments below and uh, we'll put them on our list. Thank you so much again for participating and we'll see you on the next episode. Bye. If you enjoyed this episode, consider sharing it with your friends and subscribing. We hope you are all staying safe out there. Thank you so much for listening and till all are one. Till all are one. Till all are one. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Swerves Bar Podcast. You can also find us on Twitter at Swerves Bar. If you are interested in more content, try checking out the spinoff D&D Transform and Rollout Rise of the World Killers. Let's tune in for a preview now. Do you want a booster seat? <laughs> no, but can you can you hand me a seatbelt, please? Exhilarating. There is also a YouTube channel with bonus content. Link will be provided below. End transmission.